everybody, today we got something a bit more on the lighthearted or somewhat comedic side I suppose. Today we're going over SCP-1908, Object Class Euclid. He is otherwise known as Mr. Soap. With that all out of the way, let's begin. Special Containment Procedures SCP-1908 is to be held within a standard humanoid containment chamber with the other misters in hall in sight. The walls of this chamber are to be constructed of non-porous material with a dental vacuum affixed to SCP-1908's mouth to prevent SCP-1908 from suffocating due to its effect. Personnel entering the chamber containing SCP-1908 are to wear cleated boots while they remain in the chamber. Description SCP-1908 is a male humanoid approximately 1.5 meters tall and weighing 58 kilograms. The experimental tissue belonging to 1908 is consistently producing a slick mixture of water and soap. SCP-1908's eyes have been coated in a plastic resin which blocks the liquid without limiting eyesight. A tattoo reading Mr. Soap from Little Misters by Dr. Wondertainment has been made on the bottom of its left foot. The designation appears as 6 in document SCP-909-A. As SCP-1908 stays in one area, the soap on its body will spread, causing any surface it contacts to become slippery. This can be removed by normal means, but it will be perpetually generated as long as SCP-1908 is in the same area. If SCP-1908 comes into contact with any liquid matter, the matter will immediately take on the properties of water and soap. The liquid may then produce large soap bubbles capable of floating into the air while carrying a human subject within. Bubbles will not travel more than two meters into the air and will pop if forced to go beyond this altitude. SCP-1908 was recovered from an industrial complex in People's Republic of China. The owners of the complex have been using the fluids produced by SCP-1908 as industrial cleaners and had affixed it to their factory equipment. Agents were able to recover SCP-1908 without incident, distributing Class D amnestics to all witnesses. As of 9-18-19, SCP-1908 has been contained and classified as Euclid. Addendum 1908-A. The one being interviewed in this is SCP-1908. The interviewer is Dr. Bioid. The interview was taken shortly after initial containment. Begin log. Good afternoon, SCP-1908. I'm going to be, uh, interviewing you today. Alright. Now, can you identify yourself? I'm Mr. Soap from The Little Misters by Dr. Wondertainment. That's correct, buy one today! What? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, can you provide any information about your origin? I'm 
I'm not really sure. The first thing I can remember aren't real. The second thing I remember is being on the streets of... Now, it wasn't exactly peachy to be a guy like me in a place like that, so I considered myself pretty lucky to get taken in by Giro. And who was Giro? He owned one of the factories. Said he took me in and out of the generosity or some weird anguish like that. They were really nice, the factory people. They took care of me and kept any outsiders away from me. I really thought they were my friends. I really did. Then they started asking me for favors. Thought it'd be a good way for me to repay them. What did they ask you to do? They, they put me in in these machines. See, to clean them. It wasn't safe, but I thought it would be okay. Just helping friends, right? But it wasn't okay. When I was asked to be let off, they they didn't. They, please continue. They just... they just used me. I was a dumb little toy to them just for cleaning their machines. I didn't... I didn't have any friends. Hey, calm down. You're among friends here. Yeah. That's what they said too. End log. Addendum 1908-B, this note was found on SCP-1908 during its initial containment. Wow, you've just found yourself your very own little mister, a limited edition collection from Dr. Wondertainment. Have your Mr. Soap make a slip and slide adventure, or fly in his magic bubbles. Have a bubble fun Sunday, all to your very own. Find them all, and become Mr. Collector. So, I suppose it wasn't exactly lighthearted, but it's getting pretty close to April Fools, so gotta keep you guys on your toes and ready. Anyway, that's all for tonight. But for now, you are all dismissed. Goodbye. Oh, uh, hey everybody. Uh, uh, sorry for that, uh, League of Absence to say the least. The SCP Foundation thought that I had pulled too many strings and taken too many quote-unquote liberties with what I was teaching you. Damn, they can hit hard in the jaw. Um, anyway, they completely pulled my funding. Uh, they gave me some amnestics and put me back into society. But apparently, they need more people to teach the up-and-comers as uh, the last outbreak from uh, 682 led to the death of many of their lecturers. Meaning, I'm back. And I was given all my memories back as well. And I don't plan on leaving again anytime soon. Unless they get Dr. Bright to deliver another clean right hook to my jaw again. 
anyway, <clears throat> let's see. Let me dust off my pile of lectures here and see which one is a good fit. Ah, how about a nice Keter to entertain us all today? SCP-469, otherwise known as the Many-Winged Angel. Object class, Keter. Special Containment Procedures. Subject is to be kept in an airtight, soundproof containment chamber that is 50 feet by 50 feet by 50 feet until a viable termination method is available. All personnel who enter SCP-469's chamber, Class D only, must wear standard soundproofing anti-resonance or spar suits at all times while inside the chamber, and communicate only through written notes, hand gestures, or text messaging. Absolutely no one is to touch or even approach the subject with anything other than probing instruments. All equipment taken into SCP-469's containment chamber must make as little noise as possible or none at all. Cell phones are permitted for communication between personnel as long as they are muted. Absolutely no bells are to be rung anywhere near SCP-469, no less than 15.24 meters, including alarms and recordings of bells. Description SCP-469 appears to be a gargantuan mound of large avian wings with white glossy feathers curled into a massive ball measuring 8.84 or 29 feet in diameter and weighing several tons. Each wing varies in size and span, ranging from simply a few centimeters to several meters with the largest estimated to be at least 53 meters or 173.8 feet in length and branch off one another in seamlessly random fractal-like arrays. X-rays have revealed the wings to possess long chains of small vertebrae like bones as opposed to the few long bones in a typical avian wing, allowing each wing to have exceptional flexibility akin to a snake. These chains of bones can also lock together to form a more rigid structure to aid in flight or defense. At the center of the mass is a large humanoid creature approximately 6 meters or 19.6 feet in height curled up into a fetal position to which all the wings are attached at its spine. Further details regarding this humanoid are unknown as the density of both the wings and its body make it difficult to study remotely. SCP-469 appears to, quote-unquote, feed exclusively on sound waves, using the energy gained from sound to grow newer and bigger wings and feathers, as well as repairing damaged ones. The louder the sound and or the higher the frequency, the faster SCP-469 grows. Though it can be sustained by any sound, it seems to have a preference for rhythmic and or musical noises especially those produced by bells. See Incident Log 469-01. SCP-469 itself, however, seems to make no noise whatsoever due to the sound-absorbing structure of its plumage. 
Any human or animal that touches or gets too close to the surface of the creature will be quickly enveloped by the outstretching wings and drawn inside. Despite the feather's soft appearance, each barb has a sharp point that quickly pierces through clothing and into bare flesh, releasing a potent mix of stimulants that immediately activates the pain receptors in the victim's body, with additional stimulants keeping the victim from passing out too quickly. This is done to make the victim scream loudly, thus feeding SCP-469 even more until the victim either passes out or dies of blood loss and or suffocation from being buried beneath newly grown wings. SCP-469 is responsible for the loss of four personnel this way. Touching SCP-469 with dead or non-living objects will not have the same effect though it actively resists any attempt to physically penetrate its core body. All termination methods of SCP-469 have been unsuccessful. Flamethrowers were initially used, but the noise from the discharge, as well as the crackling of flames, gave SCP-469 the energy to grow faster than it could be destroyed. Cutting and slicing instruments, due to their close range, resulted in failure and the loss of two agents. Acid immersion is being suggested. Incident Log 469-01 on 2013 During an attempt to gather feather samples from SCP-469, researcher Waters' phone emitted the sound of a ringing bell. Researcher Waters later revealed that while she had set her phone on silent as per protocol, she had accidentally set her wake-up alarm for 7.30pm instead of am that day. This resulted in SCP-469 to immediately awaken, unflur its numerous wings and standing to its full height with many smaller wings completely enveloping its humanoid body in a manner similar to full-plate armor. SCP-469's true face and skin were never observed, showed it to have what appeared to be single bright yellow light emitting from its face. The entity then proceeded to escape from the cell by tearing open the ceiling and crawling up into the upper floor, repeating this action until it gained access to the roof outside. Security fired upon SCP-469 as it tunneled its way up through the facility, though small arms fire proved unsuccessful in slowing the entity down, though it did result in large amounts of feathers being shed injuring several personnel who unwittingly touched them. The incident resulted in at least 23 injured personnel, with three in critical condition. No deaths recorded. Once on the rooftop, SCP-469 raised its arms over its head, leapt into the air, and began flying straight up into the sky, initially reaching speeds of over 1,200 miles per hour, the resulting shockwave causing further damage to the facility rooftop as its wings propelled it into the air. With each flap of its wings, SCP-469's ascended higher and faster but also shed more of its feathers with each burst of speed. 
observations revealed that at the third flap, SCP-469's ascension began to rapidly slow down due to the loss of its feathers. At the fifth flap, SCP-469 had lost approximately 50% of its feathers and proceeded to plummet back down to the ground, appearing to be desperately clawing up at the sky above while flapping its wings faster until finally crash landing in a nearby forest approximately 1.2 kilometers from where it started. SCP-469 was removed without resistance and placed in a temporary holding cell until its original containment chamber would be repaired and reinforced. During this time, as well as approximately five months after being recontained, SCP-46 returned to its previous fetal position and showed no signs of aggression or sudden movements, though researchers have claimed to have heard what sounded like muffled weeping coming from SCP-469. Hmm. Makes you wonder about what it truly is, doesn't it? Perhaps a fallen angel of some kind? Perhaps a similar creature trying to get up where it would call heaven? Who knows? I don't get paid the big bucks to wonder, I get paid the big bucks to teach. And I've already done my job. You're all free to go now. See you next time. Hello everybody, welcome back to another session. I told you I wouldn't be away too long this time. Now, I know it's the holiday season for everybody, so I decided to do something a little shorter, a little sweeter today. Today we are going over SCP-718, otherwise simply known as the Eyeball. Object class for this SCP is Keter. Special Containment Procedures. No long-term observation is to be made of SCP-718. Any and all observation and interaction is to be restricted to 5 and 10 minute periods with personnel rotations every 24 hours. Extreme care must be taken with SCP-718 and full hazmat suits are mandatory for all personnel. Any damage done to SCP-718 must be reported as soon as possible. Any personnel observing or interacting with SCP-718 for longer than the advised period must be removed, with force if necessary. Any personnel acting in erratic or violent manner will be transferred. Description SCP-718 is an eye, roughly the size of a baseball. It is supported by a long, thick stalk made of tendon and blood vessels. It stands 1.22 meters or 4 feet tall and appears to need no nourishment nor excrete any waste. The eye will turn and follow any living thing in its field of vision. The stalk is capable of limited movement and will follow living things for a short distance. SCP-718 will also stare at any observational equipment in its containment area if no living things are present. SCP-718 appears to prefer staring at humans more than other animals. SCP-718's stare can induce discomfort and paranoia in a very short time, often resulting in a subject's attempt to destroy SCP-718. The eye, if damaged, will explode, showering clear fluid 
on all nearby surfaces before shivering into powder. Anything the fluid touches will develop a clear, blister-like bubble that slowly turns black. After 24 hours, the blister will burst, and a 20.32 centimeter or 8-inch copy of SCP-718 will emerge, growing to full size over the course of a few days. This has been shown to occur on all organic surfaces, and also many inorganic ones as well. On living subjects, copies of SCP-718 are permanently affixed. Attempts to surgically remove SCP-718 cause extreme pain in the subject, though removal is possible. Aside from a vague and persistent desire to destroy other copies of SCP-718, the host suffers from no ill effects after removal. If SCP-718 is not removed from a living subject, testing indicates that the subject becomes able to quote-unquote see through SCP-718. Vision with SCP-718 is different as is now visible at the expense of more conventional sight. This has an extremely detrimental effect on subjects, drastically lowering mental stability and often leading to suicide. The death of a host will cause SCP-718 to burst. 86 instances of SCP-718 are currently contained within the containment chamber. Well, there we go. Like I said, short and sweet. Don't mess with the eyeball. Hmm. Maybe this thing will one day team up with that many-winged angel one we covered in the last session. Maybe that's what will finally complete it or make it achieve its goal. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got for now. Enjoy your holiday season. Hello, everybody. Ugh, feels great to be back. I see we got a bit of a larger class here than usual. Glad to have all you guys here with us today. Today, we're going over something pretty, pretty interesting. I thought it maybe had a relation to SCP-008, as some of you know as the zombie plague, but it turns out I'm pretty sure at least it's completely unrelated. Anyway, today's SCP is SCP-022. The object class is Euclid. Special Containment Procedures. A vault door has been installed following Incident 022-827 to seal SCP-022. It is to remain locked at all times, with the sole exception being the appearance of an instance of SCP-022-1. The original door to SCP-022 was destroyed during the incident of 022-827 with attempts at replacement being met with failure. Security cameras have been installed to monitor for instances of SCP-022-1. In the event that an instance of SCP-022-1 appears, automated systems should incinerate it the moment it leaves SCP-022. At this point, the vault door may be unlocked to admit cleanup crews. 
should the automated systems fail to destroy the instance of SCP-022-1, response teams are cleared to enter and neutralize it. Under no circumstances may any living human enter SCP-022 except at the order of Class 4 personnel for testing purposes. Class 4 personnel may also order instances of SCP-022-1 to be captured and held. However, they may not be removed from SCP-022 containment facilities. Description SCP-022 is a morgue in the basement of Hospital in Great Britain. Until 1980, there were no anomalous occurrences within the morgue. Reports of strange activity were received in November of 1980. The area was soon quarantined by the Foundation, with an official story being released that the entire building had been contaminated. The reason for the sudden manifestation of its strange properties remains under investigation. Periodically, a random drawer within the morgue will open to reveal a cadaver under a covered sheet. After approximately six minutes open, the cadaver will animate and attempt to leave the morgue. At this point, the cadaver is given the designation of SCP-022-1. In some cases, the cadaver will be too damaged or decomposed to successfully exit SCP-022 or even rise from the table that it lies on. In this case, SCP-022-1 will typically struggle and twitch on the table until expiration occurs. Should an instance of SCP-022-1 expire while remaining on the table, the table slides back into the drawer, which then shuts. Reports indicate that the scent of burnt tissue is evident immediately following such an event. The energy source that sustains instances of SCP-022-1 are currently unknown. Instances do not breathe, eat, or sleep, and their bodies produce no heat. Analysis of SCP-022-1 following expiration has discovered no abnormal organs or chemicals present. They appear to be fully human cadavers. Instances also possess physical strength that exceeds that of normal humans. Though direct testing has proven problematic, researchers estimate the strength increase to be approximately 500 newtons or 112 pounds of lifting force greater than what would be expected of a human body sharing a similar condition. Analysis is underway to determine if this effect is connected to the unknown power source or if it is an entirely separate phenomenon. When body parts are severed from SCP-022-1, the portion with the greatest mass retains its effects. All the pieces become inert. Destruction of the head or brain does not neutralize SCP-022-1. Instead, the lower torso and limbs remain animate. Complete tissue destruction appears to be the only method of successfully terminating instances of SCP-022-1. Left alone, instances of SCP-022-1 will simply expire. All motion ceases, and they appear to become normal cadavers again. The amount of time this takes depends on how damaged the body is 
and the rate of decomposition, and can take anywhere between two days and three weeks. Investigation has revealed that the bodies, acting as SCP-022-1, match the description of cadavers reported to have been stolen from morgues across the country. The mechanism for this transfer is currently being researched. Adding any new matter to SCP-022 has thus far proved impossible. Any object that enters SCP-22 disappears shortly after passing through the door, leaving no trace. This includes inanimate objects and biological specimens. See Addendum 22-001 and 022-002, which I will get to in a moment. So long as an instance of SCP-022-1 possesses a functioning mouth, tongue, and trachea, it is able to communicate fully with researchers. See interview log 022-751 for details, which I also will get to. Addendum 022-01. A request has been submitted to create a new entrance to SCP-022 by removing a portion of the south wall. Request pending approval. Addendum 022-002. A pile of matter was discovered on the floor of the room directly above SCP-022. It appeared to contain all matter that had been sent into SCP-022 with the exception of humans. All materials appeared broken and worn down. Metallic components were covered in large amounts of rust, with all biological parts being in various stages of decomposition. Testing revealed that the time between inserting an object into SCP-022 and it reappearing above to be precisely 183 seconds. Humans who enter, however, do not appear in said pile. Instead, humans appear to become integrated into the morgue and may later animate as instances of SCP-022-1. We will now be seeing the interview log. Each of the following interviews begin in much the same way. The instances of 022-1 will typically be hysterical until Foundation personnel are able to calm slash restrain them. These portions have been omitted. Date. March. Interviewee, SCP-022-1-2. Interviewer, Dr. Notes. SCP-022-1-2 was the first instance of SCP-022-1 that the Foundation discovered, the first having been destroyed on site by Foundation agents. SCP-022-1-2 had the body of an Asian male approximately 54 years old. Its chest had been stitched up, evidence of an autopsy. Begin log. Please identify yourself. My, my name is John. Wait, what the hell is going on? That's what we're trying to figure out, John. How did you get to this state? I... I... I don't know. I was... 
I was driving my car, coming home from... Uh, never mind, I... I was driving and I crashed. Then what happened? Nothing. Nothing. I, I woke up here. Please, this, this, this has to be... So you remember being in a car accident, then woke up here in the morgue? Do you have any idea how you got here? I... I didn't get here. Don't you get it? This isn't me. I, I'm not me. What do you mean? You aren't you. At this point, SCP-022-1-2 became severely agitated and had to be physically restrained. This required six agents due to the strength increase associated with instances of SCP-022-1. Eventually, SCP-022-1-2 was calmed and the interview proceeded. Now, would you please explain what you meant? This is not me. I saw my reflection in the steel and I'm not some old Asian. Fuck! Fuck, this isn't me! And log. Following the last statement, SCP-022-1-2 began to smash its head against the wall. Once further restrained, it began to scream unintelligibly for several hours before falling silent. It continued to struggle, though apparently unable to speak, for an additional six days until it finally ceased motion. During this time, it continued decomposing at a natural rate. An examination of the body following this interview was unable to determine the cause of death, as many of the internal organs had been removed. The only injury that did not appear to be a result of a previous surgery and or autopsy was a damaged trachea. Date, March 1980. Interviewee, SCP-022-1-5. Interviewer, Dr. Notes, SCP-022-1-5, animated shortly after D-5619, was sent into SCP-022 and subsequently disappeared. SCP-022-1-5 had the body of an approximately 12-year-old female, missing its right arm and large portion of its torso. Following the incident with SCP-022-1-3, all instances of SCP-022-1 are physically restrained before being introduced to valuable personnel, with SCP-022-1-5 being no exception. Begin log. Please state your name. What did you bastards do to me? Please state your name. What the fuck did you do to me? We have done nothing to you. Now please state your name. I know who I fucking am. Refresh my memory then, please. I'm the guinea pig you just fucked up. Don't tell me you forgot me, doctor asshole. Or, are you D5619? In the flesh. And for your information, jackass, my name is... Now change me back, you son of a bitch. Change me fucking back.
At this point, Dr. asked SCP-022-1-5 several questions to verify its identity, though its identity was confirmed to be that of D-5619. No further useful information was gained from SCP-022-1-5. It was kept in a holding cell until expiring two days later. After three weeks, the body of D-5619 animated as SCP-022-1-7 in a brief interview with SCP-022-1-7. It claimed to be an 89-year-old female. Well, that one is certainly fucked up. <sighs> well, if you ever find yourself in a morgue in Great Britain, uh, be sure not to stay in there too long, or you might come back as a corpse in a body that's not yours. Well, after that, I'm gonna go take a shower, and I am never going to watch a zombie movie again. Well, until our next session... I'll see you next time. You're all dismissed. Good morning, everybody. We're here for another SCP. That's from the ever-glorious, ever-wonderful Dr. Wondertainment himself. Uh, let's just hope this poor soul isn't nearly as tortured as Mr. Laugh. Anyway, today's is short and sweet. Today we got SCP-905, otherwise known as Mr. Chameleon. Object class, safe. Special containment procedures. SCP-905 is to be contained in a 6 meter by 6 meter by 3 meter containment cell painted matte black. The cell is to be devoid of any mirrors or windows. Two LED arrays are to be installed in cells housing SCP-905. Every four hours, SCP-905 is to be fed for 20 minutes. As of current regulations on misters, SCP-905 is to be contained in a hall of sight. Description SCP-905 is a sentient entity composed of photons. These photons form a humanoid shape that has been described as fuzzy but definite. It is roughly 1.75 meters tall, however its mass is immeasurable. SCP-905 has shown the ability to speak through the manipulation of air particles, but its mechanism to perform this is unknown. SCP-905 is capable of the same movement as a human male of the same body structure, but due to its photonic nature, it's unable to manipulate solid objects aside from emitting weak electromagnetic radiation. Solids such as doors must be moved for SCP-905 before it can leave or enter a room. SCP-905 has the ability to pass through windows and other transparent objects. The photons SCP-905 is composed of follow the usual laws of probability in this case, and will reflect back from the transparent object at a rate of 5%, separating any reflected photon from SCP-905's influence. SCP-905 describes this as painful but bearable. 
SCP-905 sheds its photons at a consistent rate of approximately 0.001% of its body volume per second. These photons are emitted at a weight of 380 nanometers to 780 nanometers, or within the human spectrum of visible light. SCP-905 shows the ability to change the wavelength emitted to match its background. SCP-905's lack of a shadow can make detecting SCP-905 while hidden problematic. SCP-905 shows an inability to absorb colored lights. Due to SCP-905's constant loss of photons, SCP-905 must be fed regularly in order to maintain a healthy body volume. Conversely, feeding SCP-905 too large an amount of photons causes SCP-905 to experience an oversaturation. SCP-905 finds this extremely painful and describes it in a similar manner to human burns. Placing a mirror near SCP-905 in an attempt to feed SCP-905 its own emissions results in SCP-905 expressing extreme discomfort. When questioned, SCP-905 replied, Would you enjoy eating your own? SCP-905 was discovered at the entrance of site. Addendum 905-1 The words Mr. Chameleon from Little Misters by Dr. Wondertainment are printed upon SCP-905's left calf. SCP-905 shows an inability to change the wavelength emitted by this print. This is a designation appears as 1 in document SCP-909-A. Alright. Well, at the very least, it seems like this one isn't some poor, tortured soul and is someone actually content with their existence, however strange or abnormal it may be. Regardless, that's it for today's session. I hope you guys all enjoyed yourself, and I'll see you next time. Have a good day for now.